Well, that wasn't fun. Unless you like uh, painful losses and ugly games. My goodness, what an awful football weekend at South Florida, Will Mansell. Clay Farrell, Dookie Lang, we are better known as the Miami Sports Pod. And guys, what has happened uh, to football in this town? You know, we knew the Dolphins would be bad. The Canes, though, meanwhile, off to an 0-2 start. We're going to split the pod in two parts, and we're not going to go back and forth on each. So we'll save the Canes for later. As we tape, uh, the Dolphins are the freshest thing on our mind. And, I mean, I'd rather forget about what I saw on Sunday in that Dolphins game. And, Clay, what you win is firsthand. But we knew the Dolphins would be bad. We heard forever the tanking talk and the team, oh, no, Brian Flores, we're going to play hard. We're not tanking, blah, 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 blah. But did you expect it would be this bad? No. 59 to 10 bad. No, I don't think anybody did. I don't think anybody did. And and where do you start? I, I think – the Next most concerning draft. thing, yeah, but but I think will the most concerning thing is this is not a one draft fix. No. I don't know that it's a two draft fix. And what what is fundamentally wrong with the Dolphins? It's certainly it's not going to improve a whole lot in in one season. Now are they going to lose every game by forty? No, no. But well, the first three they might just lose by forty. They got the Patriots and Cowboys coming up next, and they just lost by forty. Well, and something. the biggest problem, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and, and Bill Belichick knows how to exploit your weaknesses, and the Dolphins have a lot of them, and the, and the Cowboys arguably have a top two or three defensive and offensive line combo. And that is where the Dolphins are horrific, and that's not going to get better. So it, we knew it was going to be bad. I had, I, I knew they weren't going to win. I thought they wouldn't cover, but losing fifty nine to ten. I mean, the only thing covering was my eyes watching that game. <laughs> that was so bad. And Dukey, you know, it, it it seemingly will get worse. Uh, you know, they threw Josh Rosen in, and it, it didn't matter. And I know that the people will dissect the play. Fitzpatrick threw an early interception. I mean, the first play of the game, he got nailed. Then later, he got picked. I mean, this the setup is for failure, and I guess part of tanking is a setup for failure. But as a quarterback, in, it, Josh Rosen came in 52-10. It doesn't matter if he had come in at 14 nothing. This is going in this direction. They have no protection in the offensive line. They don't really have playmakers. I mean... It's just a lost cause right now. I actually think the best thing that could have happened for Brian Flores was Josh Rosen coming in and throwing an interception. Because if Josh Rosen came in and looked good at all, it would create a storyline that doesn't really need to be a storyline. I just think the overwhelming feeling from everybody is there's this abstract idea of tanking, which is that everybody can theoretically piece together the idea of a plan which is the franchise has been mired in mediocrity, too many 7-9s, 8-8s, 9-7s. you got to blow the whole thing up. They haven't had a quarterback since Marino. Mm -hmm. you got to get rid of everybody, start from the beginning. That's exactly what they've been doing. But then you actually see it, and it's a different story. I was talking to Clay before we taped the podcast. I was like, look, we're all dads, right? Before you have kids, they say, you're never going to sleep when you have kids. You know, sleep, sleep, sleep. Then you have kids, you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize it was this bad. That's what this was like. Like We all knew that the Dolphins were going to be terrible. We all knew that they had no players on their offensive line, that their quarterback situation was a joke, that their playmakers aren't good, that they got rid of any semblance of veteran presence. Mm -hmm. Cam Wake had two sacks today, by the way, for Tennessee. And that they were trying to tank the season. Then you see it, and it's as bad as, as you would imagine it. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 going to take a little getting used to for all of us, and uh, it's going to. I think it's 
you know, as, as people who cover the Dolphins, I think it's kind of different in the sense that it's going to make us flex different creative muscles to come up with ways to kind of maintain interest yeah. whether it's comedic well, whether I mean, it's I'll be honest with you, I, I i know we laugh today guys and clay i, I know we joked we we on twitter and, and via social media as we watched the game on sunday we laughed but this is going to get old really fast well you're taking this direction that i was about to go with this thing you're, you're right I, I mean there was some gallows humor there that you know you, you laugh so you don't cry honestly reading the instagram responses to the Dolphins post, I was literally crying with laughter. Give my, me a few of your favorites. Uh, my favorites were the simple ones, like, almost had him. <laughs> well, that was a close one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you got that. The flip side of that, though, and, and I was there, and I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting hit really hard. These guys' bodies are getting thrown around because they're just not competitive. They are not meant to be playing against this team. And uh, I was speaking with a former player after the game, and, and he brought up a really good point with this thing. The NFL does not have guaranteed contracts, and a lot of these guys aren't going to be here next year. Every single game that they play is for their livelihood because every That's single true. piece of film that they put out there is going to be evaluated by teams in the offseason that are looking to give guys jobs. And so if you're a player on this team and you've got somebody next to you that you just met on Friday and, and you're trying to cover for yeah, it's him... Not, it's it's set up for failure. But look, the team that is evaluating you to potentially sign you next year, they don't know that you're trying to to cover for the guy yeah, next to you. All they have is a film of you looking like... Right. Well, so you know. this is this is where I think tanking is different in the NFL versus in the NBA. In the NBA, look, you can still go out there and get yours. People see that you can shoot. People see that you can defend one on one. They can see they can see what you can do in the concepts. In the NFL, you get you get 16 shots a year. And what I think is unfortunate is as, as a fan, as media members, you're seeing this, all right, big picture, and, and what is this going to mean in the draft and all that. Those players are in the locker room, and they're hearing coaches talk to them. And then something that happens on game day, it's it renders everything else meaningless mm -hmm. because you cannot compete with this roster. And you're going out there, and you know that you're going to get blasted. You, there's a chance you're going to get hurt, and there's an even greater chance that what you're going to put on film is going to keep you from making extra money next year. And I think that's a shame. Yeah, and, that, and that's the hard thing. You just said you can't compete. I mean, we're not even talking about wins here. We're just talking about competing, which is something the Dolphins did not do on Sunday. Well, we all this tank talk, if you want to fill up your tank and get a nice car, how about this? Go to Vera Motors, our sponsor today. When you spend your hard-earned money in a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. You know, it's interesting because in most games you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in this game, in the opener against the Ravens, you pretty much got the bad, the bad, and the uglier. It was just so bad in so many different ways. There really was little good to point to. Uh, Brian Flores, to me, part of me, Dookie, felt bad for him. Because the one thing that we've recognized now, especially in the last couple of weeks since the Dolphins you know, started cutting guys and making moves in the Tunsil trade and these all-new offensive linemen and 14 new players in the last two weeks and all these things, 
is that the person who's had to stand up in front and and explain this, so to speak, and try to make it sound like everything's okay is Brian Flores. And here's a guy who worked so hard to get this opportunity. It's such a limited shot to be a head coach. Look, we saw it last year in Arizona. Steve Wilkes got it one year. We see it in other places where a coach gets one or two years. Brian Flores doesn't have this unlimited window, and he's giving he's been given an awful, awful opportunity here. I'm sure he knew it. I'm sure he understands it. I'm sure he's in. He he understands all the things going on, but I almost felt bad for him in this game. His team has no shot. It's funny. I have the exact opposite feeling about the same set of facts. I feel that Brian Flores has been. First of all, let me start with this. He earned his job. He worked his way up. Yeah. His resume was impeccable. His whole career to get He's a job. young guy. There's only 32 of these jobs. He wanted one of them. Can't blame him. Okay. But he has been adamant, adamant, insulted, if you have the temerity, the nerve, to ask him if the team is tanking. How dare you? That's against everything. Football has given me everything in my life. Okay. So that's his perspective. Then they go through OTAs like that. They give us the illusion that they're having a quarterback competition. They trade a second-round pick. They bring in Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We spend all summer talking about this quarterback competition. Again, the feeling is this team, regardless of what's going on in the front office, as as Flores like to say, they're aligned. Everything's aligned. They're going to compete. Okay, cool. They're going to compete. Then the Saturday after the last preseason game, when they have to cut the roster down to 53, they trade their starting left tackle. They trade a wide receiver who has 24 touchdowns over the last couple of years. They trade a defensive, or they cut defensive linemen. They trade a starting linebacker. They gutted their team. So they went through all of training camp one way, and then the week before the season, they gut their team. And then again, how dare we ask if they're tanking? Like, I. I no, think I, mean, I, I honestly why like, he gets offended of, but just keep it real like well, just I mean, be people, honest well, people, you, you can't say you're tanking David. but you, you but you can say look you, can't say, you can say the organization you could be less offended by it you, you could say job to say that he his could job say is to win games Chris Greer's job is to say what the organization but is he doing. could say look I understand how the perception could be you know that that this why? year's team be, because it's because otherwise you're just a joke and and it, I mean, it comes across the team is a joke regardless but it comes it comes across as as disingenuous as I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, he, you, you he's putting he's putting career. up that that TNT wall takes no talent, and then he puts out a team that has no talent. And, and, it's and, like no, give say, me a break. You say he puts out, he doesn't put out this team. He, he does. This team is, he play does like it. that, by the way. He does. This team is <laughs> plays laughing. I don't. This is the part I don't understand. A head coach, you you fault for the moves he makes on the field. What if he uses their timeouts improperly? If he goes for a fourth, he did incidentally, but. What did he do? What, he, what do you mean? They lost 59-10. to 10. Take a time out to the fourth quarter? Because, what was that? Because John Harbaugh was was throwing passes in the fourth Petty quarter. Petty timeouts? This yes. is what we've come I down mean, to? If you're John Harbaugh at that point, don't you just score the other touchdown and go up 66? Yeah, I mean, you might as well. You might as well break the 60 mark. I what he was going to do. Yeah. My point being, I don't, I don't, get, <laughs> so the, silly, all I don't of that. get the knock on, on, on this. It's so funny. He is the fall guy when he has nothing to do with this. He came into a situation as a job understanding that they were going to rebuild, tank, whatever you want to call it. But his job, as is, is to coach football players. Whatever football players he is given. Now, he happens to be given a lot of bad football players as far as National Football League level skill players. He's got to coach him. He's got to say he's gonna. They're gonna do as well as they can. He's got to say they're gonna play hard and they're gonna try to win. Now, Chris Greer better not stand there and tell me that we built the best team possible to win and we're gonna we, we expect to win because that's that's bull crap. Did Maybe you think? It, did you think it was odd last week that that report came out in the Herald? I think it was Armando's report that 
maybe it was was Barry's and uh, forgive me, but it was in the Herald. Barry got that one right. Yeah, <laughs> that. <laughs> Dookie. But the the report that came out that Greer has been deferring a bit to Flores when it came to personnel and TJ well, McDonald was they, one of the ones. I think I think there has to be some truth to the fact that I think a coach does have input, especially a new coach and what a roster's happening. But the plan of tanking, if you think Brian Flores came in and said, I can't wait to take this job, give me every bad football player, CFL type player you can, put them on the roster, let's see what we can do. Yeah. No, the 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 no, I, I get comes you. from somewhere else. It, it just it, it just the timing of it just seemed odd that we've got this 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 massive uh, you know guys leaving and and then all of a sudden this this report comes out so it just seemed it seemed a bit odd to me and i'm like okay where is that coming from when we've been hearing about alignment the whole yeah, time yeah the whole I, it, I, I if, if the whole summer had not been like sold to us one way it just it feels like but a, what was a, a bit of a pivot did, did you buy it i mean nobody bought it no I no, one no. person who bought that the Dolphins going to be good this year I, th- I think this is what's hard nobody is bought that. it's the locker room dynamic that i think is is tough because chris greer i don't think is is spending a lot of time speaking to the guys in the locker room i think when you're a player it, i agree with you wholeheartedly as far as what is actually going on this is clearly an organizational thing if you're a player, what I think seems to be happening, because we had that pro football talk report come out on Sunday night, that immediately after the game, the way that report sounded, you had guys in the locker room calling their agents from their phones in the locker, locker room I'm saying, sorry, on the, get me on the, the bench when it was 52 to 10, they yeah. were making calls. That, that, that's Half what time. it felt like. And and so, okay, if, if that's what's happening, then it, it says to me, okay, they knew... Everybody knew what was being said on the mm-hmm. outside, so they knew what the organizational plan was. Something happened in that game to make people absolutely give up in that locker room and say, I want I mean, no part of this. I mean, how about guys running free, yeah. uh, offensive linemen not able to block? Uh, Kenyon Drake, by the way, I don't know if he's one of the people, but if he isn't, he should be because he's probably the most talented, one of the most talented players the Dolphins have on offense. Now, which isn't saying much, but he is. He had, you know, last year he had this problem. I'm not sure what the issue is with Kenyon. If there's something behind the scenes going on that he doesn't work hard, I've never heard that. I, I'm just at this point just saying, why isn't Kenyon Drake a centerpiece of your offense? A bad offense, but the centerpiece of it, I, I don't get it. To me, you come out, you try to get Kenyon involved in the passing game, you try to get him involved in the running game, you try to do something. The Dolphins showed no creativity on Sunday. Again, when you have bad blockers and you don't have a trust in your line and your quarterback, that's going to likely happen. But the, the, the Dolphins look like a team with no game plan, with none whatsoever. What was the game plan in stopping Lamar Jackson? Well, and that was another one that uh, the former player I was speaking to brought, brought up a really good point. He said, why are you playing man defense against Lamar Jackson? And and it's just little things like that that it's he like... He didn't have to run. His biggest right. skill going into the game is his threat to run, right? Which makes him right. so different than most quarterbacks. Granted, he's improved as a quarterback, as a passer, clearly. Yeah. But you, he didn't even have to use his prime skill. No, and he really didn't have... And again, this was something else former player was telling me, was that he didn't really even have to carve you up. He really didn't even have to look underneath guys and... and, and open down guys the field. down the field. All he had to do was throw over. Now, I, I think Lamar Jackson could absolutely do that, but the things that were quote-unquote questions about him... Challenge him. Even, yeah, challenge, challenge him. him. Like, why are Make you not... do it. Right. It. So, and I think what Lamar Jackson showed, and, and this is not a Baltimore podcast, but uh, Lamar Jackson showed... All of the things that you want to see in a franchise quarterback in this game and all of the things that the Dolphins did not take 
last year. I, I mean, it, it's just mind-boggling everything that was on display in week one. Yeah. Like, I'm shook. I was at that game, and I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I knew this was going to be bad, but just seeing it no, all go it's down. Bad. It's a, you I, never, how often do you see those type of games in the NFL? You watch college games, yeah, you're going to have the, the cupcake on the schedule that you beat by 40, 50 points. That never happens in the NFL. No, I, I just, week one, when you've had the whole offseason to prepare and training camp to prepare, look at the amount of games in the NFL. There were a lot of ugly games, but they were mostly close. There's a couple overtime games. I mean, you had, you know, even the blowout games, there was the other team did certain things. The Dolphins, to me, I mean, they, they were the one team that looked like they didn't belong in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, it, it, the humanistic side of me like felt badly for a lot of these guys. Anyway, I, I'm harping all of that. Well, it just I, I was shocked. And and by the way, and not to end on this, I still think this team needed a rebuild. I still think what they're doing is ultimately right. However, w- when I put myself in the position of those players and I think about the livelihood, mm-hmm. it stinks. It's, okay, it I stinks. Say, what I felt for the first time on Sunday, truly felt about this team that I hadn't. I think they may just go 0 16. Yeah. It would not. Where if you would have told me that a month ago, I'd be like, "You're not gonna go in 16." They're gonna. I actually picked them to go four and 12. It's the number I've had in my head all off season. Closer to the end of the season, I thought maybe with all these moves, three and 13. Just because I think you stumble in the wins of the league, and yeah. as the season goes on, it would not shock me if they went 0 and 16. They're that bad. They yeah. really are. I feel bad for the fans a little bit. Uh, that, oh, that's, a little bit. A that's, lot of it. That's 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 really the the you know the, the fans the, who put their money the, into the, the team. fans because there are people who who buy NFL tickets who are working class people there are 10 games and it's something that they budget within their family to try to to, you know and there are people who've had who've had tickets for generations and who are committed to a team and this year's team is not going to be a competitive team they are going to get 10 games of garbage absolute garbage it's like going to a rolling stones concert and mick jagger is not on stage and you are paying full price it is unfair to them every single game and the miami dolphins need to go out of their way as an organization if they're going to go through with the right football move they need to come up with the right business move that goes in tandem with it to make good in some way shape form or fashion to people who this week, week one, wasted their Sunday. They're not going to be doing that week eight. They're going to be on StubHub going to the opposing city, praying that someone takes their tickets off their hands. Yeah, some, a, a lot of it's, them will. It's really, really, really a, oh, it's be, a, a terrible you saw thing. It. Clay, you were there and I, you could see it in the, in the stands. It was week one, and there were a lot of Ravens fans there. It oh, absolutely. Only, it well, will only get worse. You were asking me, uh, Dookie, about the, the crowd there. It was it was filled, but it was a lot of Baltimore fans. Yeah. And, and there was a gentleman that I, I spoke to who uh, he said he drives his truck over for two hours every single game day from Immokalee. And I, I posted the video with him on Twitter talking about how he feels cheated. And some of the nasty responses, I got a lot of this, well, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? I get it. We live, we live in a social media age. And, and had I known that this was going to be the response to what he said, I would have asked him this. But I think there's an assumption that we all are on social media and we all know that no, this team is people, tanking. Yeah, most people don't. It, most. The, yeah. So, I mean, this, uh, this gentleman, for all we know... I mean, he was he was hurt, and he's driving his truck over two hours for every one of these games. That's the type. That's the type of fan I feel badly Clay, for. Clay, to your point, I have 
at numerous times, and I know some people may be listening, go, oh, you can't be that stupid or that naive. Uh, people have lives. People have families. Yes. We are such a small percentage of, you know, we're the diehard always on Twitter. Yes. We're always chatting. We're always watching every game. Part of it's our job. But I'm just talking about even our listener now. Yes. I've had in the last week, as it's gotten closer, at the supermarket, at my children's event, like at schools, people come up to say, hey, well, what do you think of the Dolphins? You think you think, you think there's any chance they'll get better? You think That's a question you don't get on social media because everybody knows they're taking right. and thinks they're going to stink, which, right. by the way, it appears to be going that direction. But I think the common fan who just roots for them says, hey, I want to go to three games this year. I want to go to the Jets game. I want to go to the Patriots. They're thinking maybe they'll win some games. Maybe Fitzpatrick will have Fitzmagic. And maybe, you know, this new coach is a good thing. Again, you may think that sounds naive, but most people aren't that way where they study everything and know the direction this team is going. They it, just they just want to see their team play well. It's not naive, frankly. Those people have better perspective. I think yeah, they probably than we shouldn't do. pay attention yeah. so much. I'm crying in my sick one oh. Barkley jersey about the Giants, and uh, maybe I should get a better. But get a life is what I'm trying to say. By the way, if you want a life and you want to go uh, find a car, go to Vera Motors. Our sponsor today, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Get a life, but visit our sponsor first. Get a life, and if you want that life, get a nice car, Vera. All right, uh, the, let's let's cheer things up and talk about the positives, the, the, hur- the hurricanes. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, in a, in a way, Sunday kind of eliminated the hurt of Saturday, if that makes any sense. I, I, I don't know if it truly did, but what happened to the Canes on Saturday night was so frustrating. The fall to 0-2, uh, there are a lot of people, and again, this is the small percentage of the social media world, and it's kind of what the world we live in of, of oh, it's Kane Stink, what a disappointment, Manny doesn't know what he's doing. Aside from all that silliness, the, the, the Canes really should have won Saturday. The Canes were the better team Saturday. The Canes, for a team that had two weeks to prepare, did not look ready. There were a lot of things that bothered me about Saturday's game, timeouts, clock management, uh, the, the way that they schemed and blocking defensively, the way that they played. Uh, I don't know why this game bothered me so much more than the Florida game. In the Florida game, they had tons of mistake mistakes, but you could kind of say, well, it was the first game. It was, you know, on the road, the crowd. It was uh, early in the season. I don't I don't have any excuses for Saturday. That was, that was not good. No, I, it bothers you more because two things. Number one, it's a Coastal Division game. Yeah. And, and it, coastal. Really ch- it, it changes the, out, the outlook of, of what your, your final goal can be for this season, what the ceiling would be. Yeah. But number two, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was a very winnable game, and they were the better team. And by better team, I mean the more talented team and the team that should have known better what to expect in that ball game. Whereas yeah. in the game against the Gators, I felt like it was almost the opposite, that you were playing the team that was better than you but you were the better prepared team if you were the the Hurricanes. And what I think happened in that game, I I think perhaps the Canes coaching staff felt like I did going into that game. That's a North Carolina team that is in a rebuild, but, man, they don't look like it. And number two, you're going up against a true freshman quarterback, and at some point he's going to make a mistake to give you the game. And instead, he came out there, and he absolutely pushed it right down your throat. Everyone thought that an advantage. Oh, you got the freshman quarterback. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and and so by the time you figured that out, you were down too far, and you had to start coming back. Now, 
I think if you take away the the very beginning of that game and you look at, at, at the duration of that game up until the end of the fourth quarter, you saw that the Canes were the better team. And I think it gives you hope. And I also think, man, the positive here, and not to go all, all poly positive, you got yourself a quarterback. I to, liked yeah. what I saw out of Jaron Williams um, again. But... You know, I it, it's a bummer for this year. Yeah, zero and two, Dookie. I mean, it's not what you ex- what I think fans expected. For last time they were zero and two, uh, it was nineteen seventy eight, and Greece was the number one movie in America. Let me. I wasn't even born. Let me give you a choose your That's own correct. adventure. Which would you rather me go off on first, uh, Manny Diaz or the ACC Network? Take your pick. Well, I, I, I mean, I think for the sake of the pot, I think people want to talk about the football. I think right, the, that's the, fine. Real quick, because Will, I think, had the tweet of the day during the Dolphins game. Oh, I wish I was on the ACC. <laughs> that was great. All right, so here, here's here's my thing with Manny Diaz, right? Fourth and 17. Let's start with that. Miami had that game won. Right there. Okay, the, Jaron Williams did enough, despite all the mistakes, despite all the points that they left on the field, despite going for it kind of oddly on fourth and three at one point, despite well, missing a field just, goal, just, just despite sure. missing an extra point, despite later missing, despite all of that. Fourth and 17. You make one play, the Canes win that game, ball game. Okay. Manny Diaz built his reputation, earned this job by virtue of coaching a great defense. Mm -hmm. His big hire once he got the job was to go to Alabama and take Nick Saban's offensive coordinator, right? Dan Enos. So what Manny needs to do, and he's going to grow into this, is he's got to trust Dan Enos to do his thing on offense, and Manny needs to start getting more involved on the defense because that defense... It's inexplicable because there's a lot of the same players who were there. I know Amari Carter got out for targeting, but they have those those core linebackers. They're not getting pressure. This was a freshman quarterback. It's a Coastal Division road game. This is your route to the ACC championship game. You can't give me the, they weren't up for it. It's a, it's a primetime game on a network that nobody can find, but it's still, it, they had two weeks to get ready for it, and the defense was really unacceptable. No turnovers. Gave up the big touchdown, then gave up a two-point conversion. They did everything they could to not win that game on the defensive side. And that is Manny Diaz's bread and butter. So to me, Manny needs to put more, as he, and this is a process, as he learns to coach and as he learns to divide up his time, what meetings do I go to? What You need to fix the defense. Because if you fix the defense, there's a quarterback there. There's a lot of talent. TJ Dallas, I, I love that kid. He runs hard all the time. Um, there's, there's good, they have good players. The offensive line was a little bit better. I mean, it, I'm, it's funny. I'm not totally discouraged. I'm, I'm not going to be like, all right, I'm done with the Canes. I'm going to the game next week. I'm excited to see them. I want them to do well, but I think Manny needs to put his energy on the defensive side. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I think. I'll be honest with you. One of the things people lost sight of is of all the linebackers coming back and the excitement and Manny and the system stays the same. Clay, they lost a lot of talented players from that defense, and I think you see a lot of them in the NFL now. They they lost a handful of guys, a couple of guys in the secondary, they, on the line, obviously. They lost some players that you look at now and you say to yourself, it's just not plug and play and replace. And while the system with Manny has been successful, I think you're starting to see the effect that this defense is not the same defense that was so good the last couple of years. And Dookie, you're right in the sense that Man- and Manny has to go out and put his put his foot down and say, hey, look, this is not the way we play Miami football, certainly not under me. But I think we all got so caught up into assuming the defense was a given and then, okay, let's see what Danny knows and the offense brings that we lost sight of the fact that the defense is not a given, that they lost a lot of players, and Manny's now obviously putting his 
his his a lot of his time into being the head coach and mm-hmm. not a defensive coordinator. And this defense isn't as good. It's quite frankly, it's not as good as it's been the last few years. It's not. And I don't take that just from because they played poorly at times in that game. I just you look at them as a whole; they're not as good. Yeah, and the back end of that defense, Dookie, that you mentioned, yeah, a- absolutely, and and it was a bit exploited on Saturday night. And and I think part of that too, you mentioned it's this transition. You're bringing in Blake Baker, so it's not just the direct communication with Manny that you always used to have. With that said, it's been I think a little bit of a drop off in talent, and then a little bit of what we had seen that historically could give this Hurricanes defense some problems. It's the misdirection stuff. It's it's delays. It's it, it clearly. I felt like, and and again, I said this earlier, but this is to kind of hammer home the point. This was almost the inverse of the Miami Florida game, where the team that was more talented seemed to come in a bit less prepared. And and ultimately in that game, Florida ended up winning. In this case, Miami did not end up winning. But uh, it felt like in that Florida game, Florida was trying to do things that typically do not work against a Miami-led defense, and they just seemed to get lucky that Miami couldn't capitalize on all the turnovers. In this game, UNC had a much better plan. And, uh, you know, the bummer if you're a Canes fan now, and I know, Dookie, I think you speak, I think for most Canes fans on this pod more so than anybody, in that you grew up with this team playing for and winning national championships. And it's hard for you to get psyched up for the Coastal. But I think in a rebuild, I I think I sense from you that even, okay, like you were more open to it a bit this year than you had been at least in the last couple of years. And and now that's going to be really, really tough because as you were saying today, that that one hurts because that's a divisional loss. Yeah, it, you know, it it so I had to watch downstairs because the ACC network isn't available in my house and I had to come up with a way to come up with it. So after the game, I walked upstairs and my wife asked me, are you angry? Which is a good question. And I said, not really, because it just didn't feel, especially, and, and maybe the Florida game kind of let some air out of the tires a little bit with all the excitement of the offseason and Manny. And, but it was just like, this is a kind of game that they've been losing now for a while. Yeah, like this is point. this isn't that this isn't yeah. that different. This it, is it this is like this is a decade. this is a road game to a meh ACC team that they are way more talented than that University of Miami shouldn't be losing to, and they just sort of kick themselves just in the right way to trip over their own feet. And and so this isn't like a surprise. This is what Manny Diaz has to build from. This is like the this is the mediocrity that he's trying to fix. And so, you know, it just reared its ugly head. And guess what? There's gonna be like and, and you talk about, you know, the coastal, they're gonna do this two or three more times. There's yeah. gonna be two or three more games like this where, where they're gonna right. kick themselves and they're gonna do stupid things and miss a kick Look, and the, not go for it and all the things that they did on Saturday. So this is not the last time that they're gonna do this. So this is where they're at until they're not. And, yeah, and, and, and I will say, Clay, you started the discussion by saying the positive is that you got yourself a quarterback, and I really do think they do. Now, uh, is it is it going to be a case where you say, okay, you got yourself a quarterback who's going to win the Heisman one day and lead you to the national championship? So of I course. It's probably thinking a little too far and thinking a little too much of it. He's but, not? But I do think – no, I think I think what you see in Jaron is I that, just bought Jaron for Heisman.com, oh, the good. URL. Maybe so. next, next year. I think in Jaron what you see is a guy who's got a strong armor when he gets time. He's got a good, uh, he's got a good release. He throws the ball in good spots. He gives – players opportunities to make catches which i love like you look at his passes i mean he puts the ball in position where mm-hmm. guys can make catches and I, he's got a nice touch he he knows when to let up he knows when to fire it in there 
I think you and and the moment hasn't been too big to big for him. Look, last night I was joking on Saturday night, joking about oh you know hey go ahead Jaron you got seventy five yards to go with a chance to win your first game, and and he pretty much did. Yeah, I mean he took what was given. He made some good passes. They got downfield. They took one shot deep. It was mm-hmm. incomplete, uh, and then they couldn't get any closer. I thought the clock management by Manning and the staff was not good. They had to send Bubba backs out on that fourth down. He missed the field goal. But, I mean, Jerry Williams did his job. He, he did his job. Let them down yeah. the field for an opportunity to send the game into overtime. So when you look at the situation, obviously, as we wrap up the the, the tale of you know two teams here of, of, of a bad weekend in South Florida and two teams that have started off slow, the Canes, I think there is hope they will improve this year. They've got a stretch of a lot of home games coming up, including a couple of really bad teams. Then after that, they get into more conference games, which, again, as you mentioned, are going to be very similar to this North Carolina game. I don't think Miami's going to walk through anybody in the ACC. I mean, it's just the way this team is built. Uh, but you're going to see games where I think they could maybe be a 7 or 8 win team yeah. and, and, doubt, and show some improvement and maybe play in a bowl. Where were the Dolphins? Uh, again, I go back to it. I think if you told me now, do you think they're going 0-16? I think my answer is yes. Well, I'll tell you one one thing that sort of stands out if we differentiate between the Dolphins and the Canes. And I'll just use DJ Dallas because he's on top of my brain. You can see the grind going on with the Canes. Yeah. Like, DJ Dallas is is playing as hard as he can. And, and it just, it's sort of, there's something about a player like that playing as passionately as he does that as someone who likes UM, like, even if they're not there yet... Mm-hmm. You need like 25 people playing like him and you're going to start to really see something. On the Dolphins, I just see just an overmatched... Like the idea that every player... I don't know if that pro football talk report is true or not, but I could totally see every player who's anything on team being like, why am I here to their agent after that game? And so... Because you're getting paid and you're in the NFL. Of co- no, of course, and you're a professional. Uh, um, but I could see, you know, so, so in terms of like hope and reason to watch, like... I'm more encouraged to watch the Hurricanes next week because they're going towards something. This group of Dolphins, like the Dolphins franchise is going in the right direction, but I ain't with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. maybe two or three of them. So it's like these guys are all going to be trivia questions. That's basically what I think. They're they're a roster full of trivia questions. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that's going to be hard with this, and I know you're wrapping up, uh, guys like DJ Dallas will help set the culture for the University of Miami to get back to where it needs to be. Yeah. I, I don't know that anybody in this Dolphins locker room, yeah. outside of maybe Xavier Howard um, and Christian Wilkins, is going to be around long enough in Jerome Baker to set that culture. And I think what is unfortunate is whatever that culture is right now, if it's a culture based on competition, it is absolutely sending out mixed signals right now. And that's yeah. tough. I don't sense mixed signals with the Hurricanes. I feel like they're, they're on the right track. And I, I didn't lose that sense on Saturday night. The mixed signals with the Dolphins right now yeah, are, are it, tough. Look, I will say this. I'll end it with this. The two head coaches, I, It's notice we didn't judge either of them. It's too early. I mean, Manny's been a head coach for two games. I understand that people are going to get on him for, oh, you talk a lot, and then the the, the turnover chain, all these things. The bottom line is this: give it, you got to give him time. And Brian Flores, same thing. It's hard to assess what a coach can do with the with the terrible team that he has in the roster. I'm not ready to judge any of these guys until the end of the year, and then we'll get a better understanding of how they handle all this. But right now, a bad start to football in South Florida. As we tape, heat season is about three weeks away. They, they'll get the training camp, so I guess we got that to look forward to. That's your Miami Sports Pod. We look forward to great chats next week when the Dolphins hold and have a, that that. What is it, that weak team coming into town, the New England Patriots? Oh, boy.